Welcome back. We are the Film Drifters. Our show provides film and TV reviews from two guys that make, watch, and love movies. I'm Myron, and joining me each week is Will. Can we tell them where we are? Yes. I'm so excited right now. We are in oh. the same room for the first time. Since I'm looking like, at Myron dead in the eyes, but yes. not in a screen. Yes. It's And physical. it's not awkward at all. No. He's smiling <laughs> so hugely right now yeah. as he speaks to me. Yeah, well, this is the first time we've done this since September, I think, when we reviewed Bill and Ted Face the Music. True. You remember? Yep, in the kitchen, in your yeah. kitchen. Yeah, so it's been almost six months, five, six months. It feels longer. I don't yeah. know why, right? Because there's a pandemic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it feels so much longer. <laughs> yeah, and joining us, you just heard his laughter, yes. is Mr. John Park. Yes, back yes. from our punishment. Yes, yes. Now we're looking at him. <laughs> yes, we are looking at him. Both of I'm us are looking it. at him. I'm loving it. We're, we're in the dungeon. Yes, we're in my garage. Yes, the dungeon family. That's cool. Here. So it's a cool dungeon. So we don't wake our kids. Yes. Well, your kids. <laughs> My kids, not our kids. That would be, weird. <laughs> be really impossible. I don't think scientifically. <laughs> so, Thanks again for having me. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So this is going to be fun. Um, we have some drinks out. We're celebrating some good news here because our dear friend and co-host Will is now engaged. Oh, Cheers to you. Wow. Yes. Yes. All right. So I didn't tell us. Expect this. Yeah. Welcome to the it's life. It's on the outline, but you didn't expect it. <laughs> it's true. So. What a surprise. So you got engaged a week ago. I did. Yeah. Tell us what happened. Man. Well, first of all, you weren't there, but I understand. And I really wanted you there. You know? I was trapped. I know you were. In the bedroom of well, my son. Well, I will say, first of all, you were very dealer missed. Yes. Um, but it was great. It uh, happened on a hot air balloon. I, you know, uh, didn't think it through when we we're up in the air because I am afraid of heights. <laughs> and so being... From what the pilot said, this is the highest out of his eight years of working as a pilot, uh, balloon pilot, the highest he's ever flown with a group. And so we were about 5,100 feet. So we we're about almost a mile in the air. And uh, yeah, no, get, thank you. Yeah, it I was, bet you he says that to everybody to make them feel special. Maybe. <laughs> did maybe. he know that you're going to? Yes, he, he probably did. Well, yes, just I, like put added more pressure on you. No, no, no. I had a talk. So I had a talk with the the pilot and some of the team members beforehand saying that, hey, I'm the guy proposing, but this is the setup that I'm the guy pointing (laughs) at. And they looked at me and said, oh, you're the guy. I'm the captain now. (laughs) (laughs) They they go, oh, you're the captain now. (laughs) But basically they said, okay, you're the guy that's proposing. And I said, yes, but we're setting it up as a belated birthday gift. And they basically did such a good job. After they're hearing that, they go, who's the birthday girl? And Uh and so Zina like... As any girl, I guess, though, they still had an inkling. They always try to prepare in their minds and try to guess ahead. But um, her two close friends, who I had in on it as well, did a great job for uh, basically, I guess, the side conversation they had that I wasn't there for. They were just saying, um, you know, Will, like, Zena said to us, like, hey, can you read my mind? And then they said, yeah. And then they go, I'm sorry, Zena, I don't want to disappoint you, but it's not going to happen today. And she goes, okay, nice. that's fine. That's fine. And it was so good because I was freaking out for a moment. But all in all, it was a great proposal. I got down on one knee, actually, in that basket. And uh, afterwards, went to the after party at my good friend Kai's house for a small proposal celebration. John was there um, yes, yes. taking photos and celebrating with those. It was great. Good times. It was great, yeah. Andrew was there. It was mm-hmm. so good for him to take the trek out. And uh, yeah, it was just a great moment. And so now it's the planning. <laughs> You know, if you dropped your ring from that high and it hit someone in the head, I think it would have killed them. 
No, so what I was more freaked out about, though, actually, is yes, I was freaked out about dropping the ring, but more so is that Zeno was the only one chill about heights, right? Me mm-hmm. and, and her two close friends were freaking, we we're like internally freaking out and just trying to breathe. But she would like get her phone, stick it out of the basket, try to take selfies. And I literally kept saying, don't drop your phone, don't drop your phone, don't drop your phone. Because she was just like, smile, Oh, guys. she's one of those. Yeah, smile, guys, <laughs> smile. It was just like, put your phone back in the basket. You know, it's not safe. But like, you guys were like, watch this, we'll get you nervous. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It's nerve-wracking, yeah, but it was great. All right, well, congratulations, Will. Thank Can't you. Can't wait for the wedding. Yes, yes. I hope we're all invited. If not... <laughs> congratulations. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to the other thing. The other thing. The, 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 the special, part. special thing. Yes. 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 Oh, the wedding is the special thing. The bachelor yes, party yes. is the special, yes, special yes. thing. I'll yeah. drink to that. Cheers. 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 All right, so uh, let's get to the show. Uh, but, but before we get to WandaVision... Oops, cheers. cheers. There we go. Before we get to WandaVision, let's start, as usual, with our rundown on the latest in entertainment news. First thing I want to talk about, Paramount Plus Streaming. It hit uh, the App Store on my Apple TV maybe about a week to a week and a half ago. So I was very curious. I downloaded it. Uh, kept an open mind, but for the most part, it's a total mess, I have to say. like Rushed? Do you feel like? The whole app it, UI? It, it feels incomplete. And, okay, so they uh, rushed it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, HBO Max felt incomplete as well. Uh, but I think what the problem is, is Disney came out and they threw the gauntlet down. I mean, they came out and uh, it was full, right? They had all of the movies that they were supposed to have. It was all there at one time. And then they surprised everybody by like uh, doing little things like releasing the entire Star Wars anthology in 4K. They didn't even announce that. They just dropped it, right? Mm-hmm. HBO Max, Paramount Plus, HD only, right? And then not only that, but... Paramount Plus's like library of films. When, you, when I think Paramount, I think Top Gun. I yeah. think Mission Impossible, right? I think Star Trek, right? But the problem is, so they have Mission Impossible movies, but only the first three. They don't have any of the new Star Trek movies on there, the Chris Pine films. They have some of the older ones, and that's fine. Um, and then also, like, uh, you know, The Godfathers, are, which is great, right? But then where's all their other great titles? No Top Gun, right? Um, they have a lot of TV shows, which is good, but I'm not on Paramount Plus to look for TV shows. I'm there to look at their movie catalog. Mm-hmm. But I think the saving grace, which uh, I'm curious to see if it will happen or not, is uh, Paramount said that when their movies come to theaters, after 30 to 45 days, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go straight to Paramount Plus, which means that if you miss Top Gun in theaters, if you can wait 30 days, you'll be able to see it in all its glory in your home. Now, will that actually happen? I don't know. But for the most part right now, it just feels incomplete. And uh, it just sucks. For, well, no, it doesn't suck because they chose to release it when they did with an incomplete film catalog with uh, average UI. And so uh, I don't know if people are going to sign up for this, but who knows, maybe it'll all change. Yeah, I think uh, Netflix was lucky enough to be the, the forerunner, right? And so they were able to kind of be in construction the entire time, um, change things up as they went. Um, and then... Disney Plus had to kind of raise everyone's expectations by saying, boom, this is how it's going to be. And now everyone else is just trying to keep up. Uh, the word is that Disney Plus just hit 100 million subscribers recently. Wow. And so I think with HBO Max and Paramount, their uh, mess was just kind of like more keeping up with yeah. the trend, I guess. Yeah, trying to Red- keep up and release something. Exactly. Not, and not focusing not on, well, let's do it right before we yeah. do it. We see that it's growing, but let's do it right so that we can really garner the audience yeah. and, the, and, and the and the customers. Yeah. So 
So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but... Yeah, uh, they're okay. going to have tears. It's it's kind of annoying, honestly, like all these studios trying to be Netflix yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Like what, what, what worked out for Disney was they had to buy Fox mm-hmm. to get that additional programming. Mm-hmm. So like you said, like if honestly Disney didn't buy that, uh, make that move, it probably wouldn't have felt fuller, their yeah. catalog, yeah. even with Star Wars and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that for HBO Max, I think uh, they they... Uh, saved themselves or, or uh, pretty early on. I think some of the content that at least I've been watching and, and the whole yeah. UI experience yeah. has That's improved. Good. Yeah, and they had the DC catalog at exactly. least. Exactly, exactly. And that was great. Yeah. They, so. have a, they have a t- great TV catalog. Too. They're known TV for TV. Yeah. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Game of Thrones. Very Game true. of Thrones. Sex in the City. Yes. A lot yeah. of great TV. What does so. Paramount have? <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> well, it's combined with CBS. Transformers. So they had certain CBS shows. Sure. Yeah. But then I think the problem is are the contracts that they may have with other yeah. uh, networks or other like platforms that, yeah. that have contracts with them right now for yeah. however many years before they can put it back on there. Yeah. So Top Gun could be tied up in like, I don't know. Netflix or Netflix Hulu or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And then last week also the Critics' Choice Awards took place. And uh, among the many winners, we saw Chloe Zhao win for Nomadland. We saw the film Nomadland win, which I think is further uh, solidifying it as a frontrunner in the Oscar race. Um, bit of a maybe this was a surprise, maybe it's not, but uh, I'm a fan of it. Um, you know, uh, for the film Promising Young Woman, Carrie Mulligan won for Best Actress for that film, uh, which was a change from what happened at the Golden Globes, where Andre Day won for the United States versus Billie Holiday. For myself, I'm happy to see Carrie Mulligan uh, win. She's been a great actress for a while. Great to see her finally get her due. But the thing that I want to talk about is I'm sure you, you've all seen the video. It's Alan Kim's uh, acceptance speech for winning Best Young Actor. I'd like to thank the critics who voted and my family, Isaac, Christina, Doug. Oh my goodness, I'm And if his speech couldn't get any cuter, the young star was so surprised by his big win that he started to pinch his face to make sure he wasn't dreaming. Yeah, kid was cute, you know, pinching himself. Did you cry? I didn't cry. I kind of just went, oh, that's cute. That's good, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he handled it well, accepting the award, so. I liked it. I, I actually got more emotional when I saw, like, the pulled out version where like i guess a hand is like holding his hand really yeah and then he's obviously reading us a, a, a scripted um speech yeah. but yeah there was a hand like holding his hand and i'm assuming it's the mother so that got me more emotional than like the actual his like the, the real campaign that so seemed that was, like yeah i think that was more of a sense of trying to do it right and, and thanking all the people that need to be thanked for alan you know as alan is a young you know still a young kid so yeah. Um, I think he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously, I mean, he's in Hollywood and he's, he's wiser than his years. And yeah. To do that. So. I just hope I see him more in the future because mm-hmm. you never know. It's a crapshoot, honestly, yes. when yeah. it comes to, at least for me, when I witness Asian actors. So, yeah. Well, we're, I mean, we're all, we're all rooting for him. So, what about you, Myron? Uh, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I watched it with Hannah. I think we both got a little uh, choked up because we were imagining, oh, what if Miles or now Marcus, what if they're in that position too? We'd be so proud. But just seeing this kid and like seeing that, you know, his parents are there um, and they're probably so proud of him and he's just so overwhelmed with joy. 
it's kind of uh, nice to see that level of innocence where there's like zero entitlement involved. Mm-hmm. And to see that purity, it, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I also want to give a big shout out to Harry Yoon, who was on our uh, podcast, uh, I believe two or three episodes ago. He just got an Eddie nomination. Hey. Yeah, basically that is the um, awards show where uh, editors, editors yeah, yeah. get nominated. I've been to an Eddie Award too. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo was up for nomination in Hugo, mm-hmm. I got to meet um, uh, Thelma Schoolmacher. It was so mm-hmm. awesome meeting her. So yeah, it's it's awesome to be the fact that he was he's nominated. Yeah. It's so good. I'm super super happy for him, and I hope he wins. So yeah, that'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, that was a Critics Choice Awards. As the award shows continue, we will be sure to give you our commentary on them. Now we'll look at future episodes. Next week, we will be reviewing the Justice League, the Schneider Cut. Schneider? Schneider? I don't know. Schneider? The Schneider? Schneider. Is that like a Jewish way of saying it? The Schneider? The Schneider. The German way? Schneider. Schneider. The Schnitzel? Schnitzel Cut? Sorry. I can see this because my cut, my brother-in-law is a German. Oh, yeah. No, 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 so no. Will can be racist against Germans because oh, his brother-in-law is German. Nothing to, I never say anything about racism, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm being trying to be politically correct. Was Schneider. Yeah. Well, John will be back uh, joining us for that episode to, to review the, uh, was it, three and a half hour long version of the movie. Here's the thing that I found a little bit weird. Um, we talked about this in a previous episode, but basically we kind of, Talked about how in the new film trailer, it almost looked like a square, right? Four by three. Or Four by three. Instagram right? square, I yeah. guess, too. Yeah. So we were like, why are they doing that? So I, I sent you guys this. I texted you guys this image, right? Mm-hmm. It was Zack Snyder's uh, goal to have this basically be in the – have the proper viewing format for this film to be in IMAX, which mm-hmm. is almost like a square, right? Mm-hmm. But he wanted to do that in the home. But unfortunately, in the home, you're going to end up with two gigantic black bars on either side of the image, which makes the image look smaller. I don't know if Zack Snyder got the memo that we don't have IMAX screens yet. (laughs) So will this hurt the film? Will it help the film? Or is it irrelevant? You know, it's irrelevant. I think uh, think it's always going to be taste. Um, I remember when uh, films that were shown on TV would have the black bars on top and the bottom, yeah. and my parents used to always be like, Will, can you fix this? Why are there black <laughs> bars on the bottom? I'm like, Mom, it's 16 by 9. It's, it's the just, way, it's it the way it is, because we were on 4 by 3 TVs yeah. back in the days. And she was like, okay, but can we get rid of it? And I'm like, no. So yeah, but we're missing more of the image. No, you're not. You're seeing everything. You're seeing everything. It's a wider screen. And just, they just could not grasp the concept of what... <laughs> The, yeah. the 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 film strips like yeah. what they what they were yeah. capturing. Do you know what was the worst though? Is not just watching a sixteen by nine image on a four by three screen, but watching like a two point three five to one image. Yeah, on it's, yeah. it's literally like a slit yeah. across the screen. There's more black than than there is image. And we couldn't even yeah. afford like seventy inch screens back in those days to be able to at least get a glimpse of like what the heck are we watching here yeah. in a two point three yeah, five to one I love, ratio. I love when like music video directors do music videos and they make it like really 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 wide, yeah. and they think it's like a cool thing to do it's like, what, like what is this a is this like a panorama kind like of you're cutting off you're the image yeah, yeah seriously so no like, i mean to answer the question i don't think i don't think most people know that imax when people shoot in imax that it's that format yeah that's that, new that, to me actually i did not even know that yeah either. even even like when you know like the dark knight like nolan shot in imax we yeah. still saw it he still cut off yeah, he cut a off good some amount of for terms. 16 yeah. by 9 exactly yeah so you're still not getting a yeah. full yeah. imax experience yeah. so but it doesn't work in the home uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i don't and well in that sense i don't think people will mind but people who it might throw them off yeah. because they think they might think part of the image is actually missing yeah like the sides are missing yeah 
But uh, yeah, like people who know. <laughs> you should watch it with your parents. Well, they'll be like, "Will, will, <laughs> can you fix this? <laughs> this is why there's bars on the sides now. Yeah. You know, this is a problem yeah. all back people back in the People like turn again. it, turn it to their phones and be like, "Oh, we should, we're supposed to watch it on Instagram." <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. But I think it's a mistake. Mm. Straight up. Mm. Yeah. Well, pop quiz. Do you know how big uh, uh, a film strip of uh, IMAX is? I think it's 1.33 to 1 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's on a 70 millimeter film strip. Yeah. And it's huge. So yeah. when I was actually in Germany once, we went to a movie, a movie museum actually, where they would show a 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter, um, and a 70 millimeter uh, film strip. And the 70 millimeter is like, so 16 is like small, yeah. right? Then you have 35. The 70 is huge. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this must, this must look amazing then on screen, but TV is a different issue. So I get it. But we're yeah. not missing anything, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I first noticed the um, format of proper IMAX when my wife and I went to watch uh, Dunkirk in, in the theaters. Mm. So we found a theater that just wasn't even playing a digital version of Dunkirk, but the actual 70 millimeter film strip. Wow. And uh, yeah, the, it was literally a square, but right. it's so big, you don't yeah, notice. You don't it's notice immersive. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the point of IMAX, right? I think so. that's the true, only true way to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, when you had your 110-inch cinema screen, <laughs> I think that would have been okay with me. Maybe, yeah. Honestly, I think with that would have been bars. okay. Because, yeah. yeah, with the black bars on the side, I don't think I would have even cared because it. it's such a huge screen already in yeah. for, for the space that you had it placed in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was still very immersive. Mm. Yeah. But for now, True. with as long our... As, as long as the movie's good... True. So like, that's, that's will the movie is. be good? That's the other thing I want to ask. Sorry, I think this episode is going to go a little longer than normal, <laughs> but that's perfectly fine because we got some energy going here. But I wanted to ask you guys, will the movie be good? I think It'll be better than the first Justice I, I, I do agree with John. I think it will be better than what Josh Whedon had to deal with due to the fact that it wasn't the vision that solely came from Zack Snyder. Now, granted, we can be biased about, as you know, obviously this is a biased opinion, but how Zack Snyder's cut will be and or his original vision. I mean, obviously we have our opinions about his films in general, but I think that like, at least for me, he deserves to have his yeah. original vision yeah. be put out. And I think, honestly, I think it's just cool to see Superman in the black suit. I think yeah. that was really cool. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, we get to see Darkseid, which we're going to talk a little bit more about yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. I can't this, believe they cut him. That was, That's... Well, if... Uh, what I was thinking was that it's they're gonna bring him for the future, yeah. but it there it was no so bad that that there is <laughs> yeah. no future. So Snyder had to come in and say, okay, yeah. here here it is. I, yeah. I don't know. Josh I, I, Whedon comes from Marvel, right? Mostly, yeah. we would say, right? So I don't think he just had a really good grasp on the DC universe. Well, it's not him. It's the studio. They yeah. um, came in. They had him rewrite the script, and they told him what to rewrite, and then they reshot it. So. Oh, so you're saying then that Josh Whedon had. No power or no say. No, well, he came in to write the ship and, and get it across the finish line. They brought him in to infuse humor because people thought that the first cut was too dark, right? Mm, they so, should have brought yeah. Ty Waititi. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would have been great. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he didn't come in to just like, you know, completely like, you know, tear the tree out from the roots. Uh, basically, they just kind of wanted him to navigate the film too. Should, we, should, should we blame Kathleen Kennedy for this? No, I'm just kidding. Explain <laughs> her for everything. No, Explain her for everything. <laughs> she needs to just retire and get out. I'm Seriously. not expecting a lot, actually. I'm not yeah, expecting a lot from this. Yeah. I'm just expecting, honestly, the enjoyment of uh, this, you know, film. Yeah. Uh, this three-part, too. This is yeah. a three-part film. I mean, right? I don't... Wait, is it all releasing at one time? I don't know, actually. No idea. I, I think so. Wow, it's a four-hour director's cut. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> Rated R. Ooh. That's okay. my... That's, that's what I was excited about. Mm. 
Any thoughts, comments, suggestions, or reviews of content, drop us a line at contactus at thefilmdrifters.com. And by the way, if you're hearing some outside noise, once again, this is a live podcast. We are in our garage, and we are right by the train station. So yes, sometimes people. you'll hear trains, and we are not going to stop for those trains. We're going to just keep it going. Deal with it. Deal with it. And tell your friends about us. Our podcast can be found on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, as well as Spotify. And now on to WandaVision. Here is a look at the trailer. you doing rattling around this big house? Well, I assure you, I'm married to a man, a human one. One. We are an unusual couple. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. We just don't know what to expect. back i will save you from a uh, long and convoluted uh summary of what this show is about because i'm sure you all have seen it or at least know what this is about um this took place in nine episodes came out on disney plus uh they had dropped the first uh three episodes no is it two episodes two episodes i think yeah, i think so yeah at one time and the rest aired week after week after week a lot has been said about this show across the board. A lot of good things, a lot of bad things, a lot of things where uh, people were confused. But now that the show's ended, the three of us can look back and look at WandaVision as a completed piece of work and uh, critique it and talk about what we liked and didn't like. So because I want to end on a positive note, let's start with what we didn't like. So, John, I hand the baton off to you, sir. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, first off, I enjoyed it. Okay, so, so I want to... St- preface my negatives with this so it was my first experience for me for um, a marvel studios tv series so i I didn't watch agents of shield or other marvel shows so i think this is because it's a first continuation of where endgame left off um and outside spider-man from far from home i think marvel is telling a longer story and it's 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 it was harder to follow because we're we're, we're spoiled with two-hour jam-packed uh, Marvel episodes, right? If you will, of the Infinity War saga. Mm-hmm. So um, um, I'm always expecting, always, um, you know, like expecting something to happen. Like um, the issue for me, if there is one, is is Marvel not wanting to show too much for what's to come. For example, like um, Iceman finally became Iceman in like the fifth X Men film, which mm, right. I don't want to get into the X Men films. <laughs> John off, does not like the X Men. No, films, no, no. By the way. <laughs> um, so they they always tease us after credit clip, you know, after uh, post credit clips, and I think um, taking time to adjust from Marvel movie watching to TV series, 
I think um, that was that was an issue for me. Um, you know, I might be spoiled, but uh, there's so many characters, so so much story that needs to be fleshed out in in Marvel comic history. Like I'm, you know, I grew up with Marvel comics, so like I know the backstories, and when I see it played out in a TV show, I know that they're trying to do these things like you know, drop Easter eggs for future things to come. Now we know that, you know, they go out in Comic-Con and announce like five years of, you know, movies to come. So you're expecting, okay, when is this next connection going to be this next tie in? So mm-hmm. um, that was a big negative for me. Um, you have to wonder if most viewers who don't know like comic book story of Wanda and vision, will they be asking too many questions because, you know, because of the show's vagueness at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had no idea who Vision was before uh, the Avengers. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, oh. I, fo- I followed uh, Marvel uh, Marvel Comics, but I wasn't aware of a lot of the characters. I had no idea who uh, Agatha Harkness was before this before this show. Um, a lot of characters. I mean, I don't, I'd never heard of a sword. I knew of Shield. Haven't heard of sword. But um, yeah, this was a lot of it was very new for me, and I don't think that hurt the viewing experience. If anything, it kind of allowed me to kind of watch it with kind of fresh eyes, I would say. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. What about you, Will? I So I didn't like the way they introduced Agatha Harkness mm-hmm. because the way from the true version of the comic book series of Agatha, Agatha Harkness, one, she's really old. Obviously, probably in the comics of the two, she is portrayed uh, as an older uh, witch. However, it looks young, I guess. But in the comics... Um, she looks old, <laughs> and the other thing though, because <clears throat> the other thing though, she's also from the Fantastic Four series. Yeah, and the other problem that I had with the series was that she was the tutor, the mentor of uh, Wanda uh, for Scarlet Witch. So the fact that she kind of played this role in this WandaVision as a, I don't know, trying to be a mentor for her, it, it just didn't really work for me. I thought, okay, first of all, you're going way off base with mm-hmm. what the comics are doing. I can understand. I guess for the story's sake, it kind of works, but I just didn't like. The, this just didn't really work for me. Did the either. casting bother you? The casting didn't bother me so much because they did a good job really yeah. hiding yeah. Um, the actress's uh, identity in that yeah. sense. And yeah. I thought, you know, I thought that was a good little uh, twist of events there. But in terms of like the behind background character of Agatha Harkness, I just thought, no, no, they should have approached it differently. I think yeah. they should have they should have kept kind of more true. Well with they the give comics. you like a two episodes full story arc of, of this immense they character. They do, but it feels like a filler. But honestly. if you had like a three hundred year old woman in the show, she's obviously gonna stick out a little bit, right? Yeah. You would think I mean granted I guess they were trying to do the elements of, of surprise, which is fine, but then again the way how John was saying that they did mm-hmm. have two full episode of who she was and, and her background, it just became this filler. And I don't mm. care for fillers. Okay. Like, get to the point. I, you know, we, we understand. Especially like, when she had to be, she was a villain of the entire first, like, series. Yes. First season. Supposedly. Was she, though? Okay, I'll, I'll get back to that. Sure. Yeah. I, I have some things to say about that. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But other than that, though, um, everything else in terms of the structure of the story, like, a lot of people at first were telling me before I even started watching Vision, they didn't like the first few episodes because they just didn't get it. And I fully grasped and uh, towards it because I loved the whole um, appeal of them kind of imitating these sitcoms and going from like old school. And I thought, oh, where are they going with this? It really intrigued me. And then as I then when I started watching it and seeing the evolution of it, I thought, this is fun. This is really cool. I don't know how true it is to the comics. For some that I've read, it says that it's pretty true. 
in terms of the structure of the storyline. But uh, other than that, though, I really thought they did a fun job. It really reminisced and created a lot of nostalgia of the TV series we used to grow up with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. For me, the, the my favorite was the Malcolm in the Middle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> intro. That was great. Yeah. But other than that, no. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing was just really that kind of just gave me a little bit of a eh kind of really taste was Agatha Harkness. and Really? Okay. Yeah, it just, just didn't work out for okay. me. Yeah, yeah, I know that you like this show a lot more than we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me here, I have a, actually a laundry list of things that I didn't like, but <laughs> I do have a lot of things that I did like, so to be fair. Mm-hmm. For me, the, I think the premise itself was flawed, and the more they tried to explain the logic of what we were seeing, the thinner the plot seemed. So uh, the first few episodes, basically, uh, they progress forward in time, like you're in a 1960s sitcom, similar to like Bewitched, I Love Lucy, and then uh, you jump Dick forward. Dyke, yeah. yeah, jump forward to like with the 70s, and then later on you're in the 90s, and then you're in like a modern fa- family type TV show, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, this works for TV, and like each episode we see a different time, so... For the viewer, it works, but it has to make sense for the character and what she's doing. And I feel like those two things didn't work out. So, I mean, plot spoilers, we're going to talk about this because I'm sure most of you have seen it. But uh, in a flashback, we see that Wanda grew up watching uh, like DVDs that her dad would bring home of shows. And so she grew up loving like Dick Van Dyke and uh, Lady Malcolm in the Middle, yeah. the Brady Bunch and things like that. So that's the reason we're seeing uh, these you know, different little sketches, I would say. Yeah. Uh, because she's living out those fantasies with Vision because she's in a state of grieving, right? But who really does that? I mean, come on. Like, I love, like, certain shows. So, you know, if I lost, like, someone, then I'm not going to, like, uh, relive those shows with myself as the star and the person that I lost as my co-star, right? And uh, the other thing is in the, in the in WandaVision, um, Darcy discovers that there's like a television signal being outputted from the town right. that people are able to watch. Why would she do that? Is she trying to get people to watch their show? Like, it doesn't make any sense from a character perspective. Well, I will, I will add to that with you is that that was actually, actually, there was another thing that I didn't like about it was there wasn't much of an explanation of why Wanda's uh, world uh, became to be that way. Yeah. Obviously, it's due to her grieving, but uh, when when that grieving really. Um, exposed the powers that were like like leaving her to create this world, mm-hmm. and then this whole story structure of sitcoms, right? Yeah, I was like, okay, she can't explain it. You know, we can't explain it because we don't know. So we just have to accept it as it is. Yeah, which kind of like uh, I, I don't know if yeah. that really worked for me. That's true. Well, yeah. well, I the reason it worked for me was when I was thinking about it afterwards. I mean, granted, yeah, like they should have explained a little more, but why I bought it was you think about Wanda and that was her life was very like tragic. Mm-hmm. You know, like she right. literally lost everybody she's loved and she I don't think she's had a lot per se and that was the one thing she actually held on to. Mm-hmm. That's that's one like happy okay. memory in her life. Yeah. But to broadcast so I think it, it though? Oh no! So 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 going back to the broadcasting, I I actually don't think that she meant to do that. Right. I don't, I don't I, think, I think that so was too. her. She didn't want to broadcast. That's a good point. I think I she agree. wanted to keep okay. it secret because I mean, again, when she's confronted with when Sword confronts her, she's not trying to. She's like, what? Like, I don't think she's a type to when she's grieving to want to do that. So, but that's but the that's, unexplainable. Yeah, that's but that's that's what we that's what they don't explain mm-hmm. is why is it broadcasting? Yeah. Right. So, I, I guess. I think it's it's just like a, it's to drive it, the story just plot and and suppose it just just randomly happened and then and then that's way like Darcy was yeah. able to connect. 
because she found it like in a radio frequency right. through yeah. her research. Sword didn't even know what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's the only reason, that's the only way for Sword to even get involved. Yeah. I feel like that was just more of a yeah. story-driven plot in yeah. order to get these other uh, characters and organizations yeah. involved, which I thought, okay, I guess. Okay. And let's talk about Darcy now. So mm-hmm. Darcy, I, it's not that I didn't like her in the MCU films, but let's just say I liked her the least out of all the likable characters in the MCU <laughs> films. And that has no, nothing to, that's, it's nothing negative about Kat Denning because uh, it's her character, the way she was written. She's a joke machine and with absolutely zero character or personality, she's just there to make wisecracks. And they brought her back to do the same thing in the show. Right. Yeah. I and, would argue, well, Agent Wu was the same. I mean, in, in Ant-Man, yeah. that's what he was. He, was. he wasn't likable in that's Ant-Man. True. He was an annoying dude. And that's true. Try to do ma- bad magic tricks. For yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I, sorry, I, Randall. You're still... Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe I just... I, I like Randall because I know he's a good guy. <laughs> We've worked so, with yeah. him. So I've worked with him. I, I like the Darcy. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah okay. Right. All right. I like Kat Dennison. I'll give that to you. I'll give that to you. All right. The other thing, the villains didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Agatha Harkness, I love Catherine Hahn. She's like one of those actresses who is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Right. But I feel like just recently, everyone's knowing who she is because she is a phenomenal actress. And I like her in this uh, show uh, as she was kind of being the role player and being in the, the television shows as the nosy neighbor. But as she you know, revealed her true identity, it felt really off. It felt like she was playing this character for camp. Like she was on the stage of, of you know, like a performance of Wicked rather mm-hmm. than an actual villain. Even the flashbacks to the Salem witch trials felt very campy. And maybe mm-hmm. that's okay. I can't say I hated it, but it felt weird. But she wasn't the biggest villain. She just came and was hiding in amongst the people because she was trying to figure out, you know, where Where's the, the power, yeah, where the power from? coming from, right? Ooh, so she's yeah. not the main villain, right? Yeah. And neither is director Hayward, whom I absolutely <laughs> hated. It's yeah. Like, like <laughs> he was annoying. Who wrote for this character? He was like pulled out of like a bad 1970s like B movie. Yeah. He was so annoying. <laughs> He was. It, it wasn't that his character was annoying. It's how he was created acting. and written. It was annoying. I think his acting was annoying, though, on top of that, okay. too. I just All feel right. like his take on the character yeah. and the way he wanted to portray the character was like, nah, bro, that doesn't, that's, that's yeah. a hard no for me right now. But here's the thing that, that this led me, all this thinking that we're talking about right now, this led me to realize that the true villain of the show is Wanda, right? She's both the hero and the villain because the show is about her. But if you think more about more about what she's doing, she held an entire city hostage mm-hmm. and did mind control on them so that they can then be forced to play along. They're basically pawns on a chessboard to carry out this fake reality so she can finish grieving. Right. So so from the and, Marvel universe and the movies, yeah. yes, she's portrayed as I think more of a hero and villain, even yeah. though in the actual comics she's more of a villain, villain yeah. right? But like she's doing this without even not realizing she's doing it, the subconsciously, I guess. But when she realizes it, she doesn't know how to control it. That's her story arc. That is her story arc in the Hollywood version of, of this. So you're telling me she didn't know she was doing this? She, in the beginning, she didn't, right? Because she, she didn't her, realize... Her inten- intentions were good. Her intentions were good, but she wasn't realizing until later okay. when she realized, oh, what? Like, I didn't... I don't, I don't mean to hurt you. I don't mean to do things. Because remember, she didn't even know that this whole world that she created was a reality or, or, or fake. She had sense. lack of intentions. Too. Lack, yes. Okay. And remember, like, that's that what... Part. Well, because yeah. remember, Agatha... When she's trying to figure out like the core of her powers, mm-hmm. she takes her back in time. 
and she makes sure she makes her go through her entire memory of her past and how it led up. And for for Wanda, she just it, it was kind of like subconscious. It was it was subconsciously like something that was hidden within her yeah. that then started to unravel right. that she didn't want to revisit, but yeah. she had she was forced to. Wanda was always the villain for me from the beginning, okay. from the get go. Because yeah, and Sword was just an annoying thorn on the side. Like they were, <laughs> that, that was all it was. And so when Agatha was mm. revealed, that was when I, when I got the the as a comic book fan, I'm like, oh, that was the connection. I was like, okay, here's a real villain. Now what this is may, she gonna yeah. do? She may be this may be an oxymoron, but I feel like Wanda was an innocent villain. I guess she was not intentionally trying to be a villain or, or trying to be bad. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, I mean, we're all rooting for her because she was she is an Avenger. You know, she we know her f- to come around okay. and become good. She was a villain. Remember in the yeah in Avenger, yeah. Avengers yeah. Age of Ultron, yeah. So she came back and then, but she's she's never like like she was fully... lost. She was a lost character exactly. in the Hollywood version of it. Yeah, she was a lost mm-hmm. woman who had. Lost everything exactly, you know. In yeah. that life. episode, when Agatha takes her through the yeah, the that was, rooms, a, that was a good episode. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god, you literally lost everything, everything. everything. Yeah. So I felt for her, and I knew that yeah. it wasn't so much her. I didn't see her as a villain. Yeah. I just saw her as like a, a a person trying to find her way. I guess. Okay. All right, all right. You guys are convincing me. This, this is good. This <laughs> okay. is good. Uh, I have a few other things that I didn't like. Sure. But I'm gonna, going to skip those and talk about the thing that just really just pissed me off. Like no other. <laughs> I thought we were going to go to the positive way. It just went down lower. No, I think you know what I'm talking about. So cool Quicksilver. Yeah, cool, cool oh, uh, cliffhanger yeah, here, right? Okay, okay. So for those of you that don't know about this, there was this whole thing where um, because 20th Century Fox had control over certain characters and Marvel had control over other characters, they actually had one character that was in both the X-Men series as well as the Avengers series, and that is Wanda's brother. Pietro mm. Maximoff, otherwise otherwise known as Quicksilver. So he, one of the joys of the X Men uh, films is his character and the yes. way that he was played. Yeah, he yes. was hilarious, right? He's basically the guy that ran really, really, really fast in Days of Future Past, right? But then, uh, basically, he was also played by Aaron Taylor Johnson um, in Avengers Two: Age of Ultron. Except uh, in the comics, Wanda and Pietro are mutants. But in the Avengers series, they're not allowed to be called mutants, right? Yeah. Right. So then, uh, you know, as we all know, Pietro gets killed off in Avengers 2. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, lo and behold, Disney bought 20th Century Fox. So in this TV show, I believe his name is Evan Greenberg, if I'm not mistaken. But um, he knocks on the door uh, of uh, Wanda's house, shows up there. And then there's a cliffhanger. It's like, oh, my gosh, they're going to use this to kind of, in a funny, cool way, merge the uh, 20th Century Fox heroes with the uh, Disney heroes. It was a bit jarring. Yeah. It was a bit jarring. It was jarring. But I was like, oh, cool. How are they going to work this in? They don't. <laughs> they, it, they just, basically, it's a joke. And, it's a uh, joke. What was his character? Something Boner? Something Boner, yeah. And they even, his last name is Boner in the freaking show. <laughs> So it's like everyone got excited, and basically, it's like Marvel just pulled the rug, the rug out from under you. That made me mad. I, I think it was an insult, for sure, yeah. to 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 do his character like that, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It even, was. It even sucked. To, it sucked because I was anticipating because everybody knows yes. Doctor Strange, multiverse is coming. Spider Man, multiverse is coming. Yes. And so when he showed up, I literally jumped up on my couch and I was like, yes. 
they're gonna they're gonna merge some part of the good part. I hope of X Men. And they completely disrespected. They, just, they said they they literally backhanded. Yeah, yeah. Which that is fine to me because I hated the X Men movies, but that he was one of the positives, and I actually wanted them to pull some of the good stuff, like Young Magneto. They just made you hate X Men even more. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> no, I mean it actually made me kind of like. Look at Marvel. Like, what? What are you doing? Like, now you're too big for your bridges. Kind Ooh, of thing. is this like Ooh, a switch okay. in like Marvel now when coming up with DC? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, they set the <laughs> they set the bar, so they did. I'm, I'm expecting them to you know really handle it. So yeah, I'm I honestly like right now it's a teeter totter. It's a bit of a mess right now with Marvel that I'm seeing. It's not terrible. It's not a complete disaster, but. We'll see. Hope like I think when when it comes to Zack Snyder's cut of DC Justice League, I think it kind of will start to get closer in the competition to quality. Just the fact that we're talking about DC when we're talking about Marvel. Hey, yes. By the way, I got his name wrong. It was Evan Peters. I had to look that up. So sorry, Evan Peters. Evan Peters, if you're listening, yeah, which you probably won't be, but I hope you are. Come back. Finally, let's bring it back around what we liked. Let's end on a positive note, fellas. First, you will. Sitcoms. The whole the whole buildup of it was intriguing. I thought it was innovative. I thought it was fun. And I just enjoyed the take on as the progression of, even though I didn't fully grasp on where it was going, it still kept me intrigued until the third, I think the third or fourth episode where it revealed what was going on. I thought, okay, yeah. Clear as day, makes sense. I get where this is going. Love it. Let's keep going, you know. And um, I think that the the quality, in, and from a technical aspect, everything was fine. You know, editing, cinematography, the the direction, all that was great. Typical I think, Marvel. Typical Marvel, yes. Um, in terms of the acting, uh, majority, except I, I like you said, Agatha Christie, uh, Agatha Harkness, not Christie. That's a, <laughs> another story. That's a, that's a, that's a different. There's many stories. It's many, <laughs> There's many layers stories. to this. Place. Agatha Harkness, who was played by um, Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn, right? She just, you know, for me, when I watched her, she's more of a physical character for me. You know, she's very, very like expressive the way I see her acting rather than more vocally in the way how she really expresses her tone. Broadway. Yeah, I think you're right. Exactly. But in terms of the rest of the ensemble cast, it was fine. I loved it. Uh, it kept me engaged. Uh, I thought that the storyline made sense. It, you know, had its speed bumps, obviously, but overall, I did enjoy the way it ended. Um, I thought that it was pretty solid. I thought that the, um, just the emotional uh, aspect too with Wanda and just her grieving and her just uh, wanting to have that sense of happiness um, that within the, you know, the realm of her world that she's created, it was bittersweet. It was so sad, you know. But the fact that she even, because she had two kids, she was married to Vision, she had this family going, I thought, oh man, but as much as you rooted for her, it was emotionally grasping and and, and um, uh, just made me kind of a little teary-eyed because it's like, I kept reminding myself, it's not real. It's not real. Thank yeah. you for choosing me as your mother. Oh, oh. man. Ugh. So that, yeah, it was gripping. I still, I still thought it was a whole overall okay. great series. All right. Great. Anything else? No. I mean, yeah. Right. I'm already getting teary-eyed thinking about Aww. it. <laughs> How about you, John? Well, uh, character development, <clears throat> okay. first and foremost. Wanda and Vision. Um, 
great actors to begin with. Mm. But I, I, but I, I bought the whole um, TV series so, uh, thing. So um, in the beginning, it made it, it worked for me. But because we know what they're what Wanda's going through, obviously. But um, it, it, I think it did drag along a little too much. But th- that that whole you know connection between them two. I mean, it, it, we saw it fully fleshed out, played out um, before us. Um, another thing is wide vision. Come on. Yeah, that was cool. That was Come really on. cool. That was. And I, I'm, I'm so curious though. I remember, request more elaboration. Yes, but not even just that. But it's like you know, um, as he touched Vision, like the White Vision's head. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And embedded all that. And oh he yeah. Says, I am Vision, and goes. He's, I'm like, where? Where's this yep. going? Where's this going? He's coming yep. back. Where's He's this coming going? back. <laughs> He's everything. I think Vision, except for the emotion. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't think that there will ever this sh- that he'll ever connect with Wanda. But he uploaded it. I'm hoping yeah. that it's there. Yeah. Um, and then um, I mean, obviously, finally, finally, full powered Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Like full powered Iceman. Yeah. You know, it's like oh yes. I forgot. Yes. Her when whole she gets outfit. That crown. Yeah. Solid. Yes. I think this is the closest. Close. The closest in terms of, you know, purely um, accurate costume design. Yeah. So good. It's so good. Yeah. So, so good. good. By the way, I will have to say I love the Halloween take on their costumes, which yeah. is like straight out of the comics. So that was great. Hilarious. That episode it. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then lastly, Darkhold book. Mm. The Darkhold book. Um, what's to come? The connection between films from Doctor Strange when she, when um, Agatha mentions Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Um, you know that's coming. And then obviously the the post credit scene, Scarlet using Astroform. Mm. You know, like when she's like fully awake, because you know Doctor Strange has to use it when he when he's like down, yeah, sleeping and stuff. So wait, did I miss that one? Did it come it's after, after the credits? Yeah, after. Yeah, the credits. you guys, you have to always watch because oh, remember when the no, credits happened? I saw the one with uh, Monica yeah, yeah. Rambeau. Yeah, yeah. There's another one after. There's another one after. Go go back and watch it. Oh, go back and watch it. Holy so, shanky. sorry. This might sh- change. This might just change your. Oh yeah, your rating. it might elevate it. You might have star, and, and she's yeah, so, so the whole Darkhold book. Uh, if you guys don't, don't know that it's 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 part of um, Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's pretty much like a the book of it's the book. So yeah. it's think of it like the Infinity Bible. Gauntlet is like this no. gigantic <laughs> like part. <laughs> the Bible, come on! Oh no! So I was gonna say it's it's pretty much um, the evil version <laughs> of the Bible. Ah, yeah, With, okay. within the Marvel well comic, okay. the well Book put. of the Dead. Yeah. So so um yeah yeah they go through like this whole like before um. People inhabited the earth. It, the earth was like inhabited by like just evil people, like all the the virtues, bad and good, um, yin and, and yang. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. And then and then uh, multiverse. So like she <laughs> she awakes through while she's using the astral form, while Strange can only do it while sleeping. So note. So the vampires were created by the Darkhold Blade, folks coming gosh this oh, is getting thanks. so detailed yeah. i'm telling you how are they gonna put this in like either a tv series yeah it's just gonna this is, gonna, this is, is coming oh yeah uh, they, so, they i know that. so like how they're gonna connect it now yeah. so like be, me seeing it you know like knowing what's part of like dark cold and yeah. the the, the or, origin of it you know yeah. not let's say snipes one but like how they're gonna bring it to form yeah so i'm i'm excited to see like you know morbius and all well, that stuff. How are they going to well, connect? I was going to ask about Morbius because, okay. uh, as we all know, Jared Leto plays Morbius, but it's a Sony 
project. Mm. So are they going to tie that into the MCU? Uh, they I should. Just, when, when you come, when you bring in like other companies and their hands in it, right? Yeah. Who freaking knows? But Sony like has already Sony. worked with uh, Marvel so, uh, with Spider Man. Maybe they'll do it again. I think it maybe. would only be it would only make logical sense to bring Blade and Morbius into. But the when same we talk world. about when we talk about like studios and distributions, it's always going to come down to money. And it's like guys, like well, the, the the genius of it, I think, with Marvel actually is the multiverse. Right. So right. When right. they do that. They can jump studios, maybe. Sure, but small tangent. Would you rather okay. see it as a series, stream, or would you want, rather see it as a film, like as a movie, like multi-part film? It depends, I think, on the subject matter. I well, think well, anyth- because of how big it is, I think it needs to be like a high production series, like for yeah. streaming. I think it should be anything, like other than being high production, I think anything Marvel or anything comic can be a series because you want it yeah. to be like as long as possible, get to all the story yeah. points. But, but like but like better than the like, I, I love Titans on HBO Max, but right. but higher production than Titans, you know what I mean? Right, well, well, well higher production in terms of, well, the Titans is, is, is amazing, I like the it's darkness amazing. of it. But, yes. But I want it to be like... Yeah. The storytelling. So here's yeah, the thing so that right. I love is that um, if you're if Marvel's gonna have a show on Disney Plus, it's not like the WB Flash. We're talking no, no. MCU in the theaters level production value yeah. in your home, which yes. I'm excited about. So in that sense, whether it's whether it's a show or a movie, I trust the MCU to make that decision on what's best. Right. But which what one? I want to see, what I really want to see is I want to see Ghost Rider, Morbius, yes. like you know all these characters, Blade. Right? Do I win all together? Back? That they that yeah. they kind of did not didn't do <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ghost Rider. Oh, if they can, I, I don't not, mind not if they Nick brought Nicholas Cage. Cage. Not Cage. I don't. I, I think they would have done it more better justice. Yeah. Oh, I'm the Ghost Rider. <laughs> I am a spirit of vengeance. I'm a Nick Cage fan. <laughs> hey man, he's underrated, dude. Even though he has an Academy Award. Uh-huh. Anyway, let me get to the things that uh, I thought worked. Here's the thing for me is. Uh, Marvel is at their best when they play to their strengths, and their strengths is that as a studio, as writers, as actors, they are smarter than the other guys, meaning DCEU, right? For now. Ouch. No, well, they're smarter in that they write for their characters better, and it's easier, I would say, because the characters that they have to work with, they're already flawed, they're messed up, they're, some of them are anti-heroes. Like one of the hardest characters to write for, we'll talk about this later, is Superman because sure. the hardest thing that people talked about is if you're writing for him, how to make him relevant because he's perfect. And, but he's uh, not though. Yeah, well, he kind of is. He's Mr. Values. He's perfect. Well, easy answer. They let Marvel lets Kevin yeah. Feige run the show, yeah. whereas DC they let studio heads run yeah, the show, which is stupid. Yeah. Exactly. Mm, yeah. So when when I say it's best when Marvel shows that they're smarter than the other guy. I'm talking about that scene, which I freaking love. It might be my favorite scene in the entire show when they're talking about the ship of Theseus Theseus with white vision and regular vision. Yes. And then he says, what do you say? Please elaborate or what does he say? I request elaboration. Yeah. And then they have that that conversation, a philosophical conversation between two superheroes. I'm like, this is why MCU is just better. And then they they, they parallel cut to Wanda and Agatha fighting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, grant, granted, though, though that's that you're saying based upon characters, though, and which because Vision is a very technical and very like logical character. Yes, to have script written like that out for him makes it something that for me, like a leg up, I guess. Yeah, exactly. They, they have the know-how, and they know that. Yes, but cool. I will still say for all you listeners out there, I my favorite superhero is still from DC. So we'll talk about that okay. later. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yes, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Batman. 
A few more things I want to talk about here is uh, just the production value. And as soon as they went to the real world and they showed kind of what was happening on the other side, I was like, okay, this is good. This is great. The quality, the production value, the acting, the set pieces, production design, all top notch. It's like you're watching a film, right? And lastly, I have to say the performances of our leads. Elizabeth Olsen was phenomenal in this She's show. Great. Yeah. She played comedy. She played drama. She, her, she had so much meat to work off of, right? She played a character that lost everything. She was literally in a rom-com. She was crying. She was laughing one She's moment. very versatile. Yeah, she was an action hero, right? Stretched out her wings. Yeah. There was a, uh, a meme that I saw, which is pretty funny, and it showed all of the different emotions and characters that she played in the show in this little, like, Instagram post, right? <laughs> and then uh, Chadwick Bo- Boseman, may he rest in peace, he's at the bottom saying, get this woman an Emmy. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, actually, I just recently, I think it was today, actually, I saw John Stamos post yeah. a photo of him and um, of, of uh, Elizabeth Olsen, yeah. where basically said, who would have known this little girl running around the Full House set to become this superstar? Yes. She was phenomenal. Let's put yeah. some respect on yeah. comic books. Huge. Movies. I think Elizabeth Olsen, like, I mean, no disrespect to the Olsen twins, but like, man, Elizabeth yeah. Olsen yeah. really has made a really huge impact. Yeah. And not to be outdone, Paul Bettany was just really like oh, under the radar good. So, no, oh, so good. he's I, I, not I even under the radar for me. Yeah. I just knew he was I expected superb. it. Yeah. yeah. Right when it came out, I was like, okay, this is Paul Bettany. Yeah. Quick, quick question. What's the first film you saw Paul Bettany in? The first film? Knight's Tale. Yes. Really? That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking in my head. Yes. Knight's Tale with the freaking Heath Ledger. Damn. Yes. I, first time I saw it was Beautiful Mind. I, I actually have never seen the Knight's Tale. Are you, well, are you kidding, kidding me? me? All right, Mr. Addington, get out. <laughs> it's true. God, right. It was so good. Yes, you have to yeah. watch it. Okay. It's I'll on Netflix. It. Oh, my is goodness. Yes. Right, it's one it. of my, I, um, what is it? Yeah. I don't want to say guilty pleasure, but like it's, it's like, a great I, film. I, I don't know. I would say it because it's like in my top 25 Kate Winslet's in it. Kate Winslet, time. you know, uh, Heath, Ledger. Heath Ledger, Paul Bettany. Yeah, great, great cast. It was like, it was like their beginnings of their career. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, it was fun. It's, okay. it's comedic. It's, it's dramatic. You put it's, it on any time, any yeah. place, any, any day. It's fun. All right, gentlemen, let's take it to the scorecards. Final yeah. review of the film. I'll go first, and uh, we'll go around in the circle here. Uh, I give it a three. Um, I would have liked to have given it something higher. I still found it highly entertaining and the performances were really, really good. I just thought that how they handled the premise was flawed and there was really no way as much as they tried to address it to get around it. If they ignored it, I think it might have been almost better, but they tried to address why we're seeing what we're seeing with a whole uh, you know, uh, different type of comedy series per episode. And for me, that just didn't work, mm-hmm. as well as some of the side characters just didn't work for me. But overall, still very impressive, really fun, really enjoyed the the series. So uh, I could still give it a favorable review. How about you, Will? Okay, before I actually give my review, I actually may, need to make a correction. Kate Winslet was not in it. She was in a Kate Carthus court. I was thinking about with Daniel Craig. <laughs> yeah, I was like... <laughs> not Kate yeah, Winslet. Yeah, I was like, hmm, I, I'm sorry, not really? that one. I'm sorry. It was a different Knight's, knight's Tale. But overall, for WandaVision, I give it a four. I think that with all, you know, the negatives I've I've pointed out, it's still overall a solid series with a great cast um, and a great storyline. I think that had very fun nuances of the whole sitcom aspect and, and the evolution of of how it was playing on these nostalgic. Um, at least if you were born in 
uh, I guess 1990s and below to really get that gripping feel of, man, this is what we grew up with. I think it's more for the 90s and below people who were born that can really connect stronger with it. And that's where I got, uh, that's where I kind of really grasped it from. I think it's really worth watching. And for all of you out there, go watch the Brady Bunch. Go watch <laughs> Malcolm in the Middle. Obviously, you got it, most of you have watched The Office, right? Full but like house. Full House, like go go watch these TV series that really set the foundation of what you guys telling. Yes, of what you guys are having today, and it's like it kind of feels like we've done everything. Which, funny enough, my film professor you said we've done everything, but I, I I still believe that there's still certain stories to tell that we have not yet to discover. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, go back, watch the nuances, Dick Van Dyke, those classics, and you'll see like where we're coming from in terms of for me at least, the enjoyment and the nostalgia and the, just the, just just for me, the happiness it brought. So overall, I give it a four. Okay. How about you, John? Nice. Um, I'm still getting a grasp of your, uh, your ratings, <laughs> like the levels and things like that. Because I know, I know like I've heard, you know, past episodes when I listen to like three is like, you still know, good. still, still legit. And, yeah. you know, four is like, Good. Really high, yeah. really Five high up is there. Uh, yeah, award-winning. obviously, yeah. yeah. Even like four and a half. So, yeah. um, three and a half, I think, for the show. Um, anything Marvel, you know, I have high expectations um, as a super fan growing up. So, uh, I'm just really excited for what's to come. Um, I think that uh, they do a lot of setting up. I think I mentioned, yeah, their flaws were me as a watching. And I think that that's has to do with a lot of bias, but. Um, all the acting, production level, story, yeah, story, everything um, you guys talked about. I think it works. They set the foundation. I think pretty well. Yeah, I, th- I think I think as a first out the gate, real connection with the Infinity Saga and the Marvel Universe TV show coming out the gate in Disney Plus. I think um, they did a good job. I think it's it's it, it was. I love the the idea and concept. They threw it out. Kind of completely different. Where, 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 whereas um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we're gonna get the you know the action scenes exactly the, 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 the you know the, the, the cookie, more. you know the normal what we're used to the audience is used to. But um, I thoroughly enjoy, enjoy enjoy the series. I mean, there's obviously certain things I think could have been done better. Uh, but yeah, three and a half. All right, great. That was our in-depth review of Wandavision. It is available to stream now on Disney Plus. We'll take a short break and come back with comic book questions. Stay tuned. Ooh. Building an alliance to defend ourselves. 
How do you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull, then don't wave the red cape at it. You were sent here for a reason. And even if it takes you the rest of your life, find out what that reason is. said the age of heroes will never come again. It will. It has to. We live in a society where honor is a distant memory. Isn't that right? Batman. All right, we are back. So this is something that we're going to try just because it's going to be fun. Um, in honor of WandaVision, which we just reviewed, and also since uh, the Snyder Cut is coming out next week, as well as the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we thought it would be fun to have a little lively debate on something we all grew up on, comic books. So simply put, simply put I'm going to throw out a list of questions, and we, are going to, and we are going to debate our answers. Now, I know John himself hasn't even looked at these questions just to uh, increase the spontaneity of his responses. Let's go. I'm going to just jump around here a little bit and uh, we're going to debate it. And uh, gentlemen, I have to say, we are already running a little long. So let's just uh, have fun, say what you need to say, but let's just uh, keep it concise as well. Say right? what you need to say. John Mayer. Yes. John Mayer. Yes. Thanks for the... <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> Which half the population hates right now. Soundtrack, though, from a movie with Jack Nicholson yeah. and Morgan Freeman. The Bucket List. Yes. Done deal. Cool. All right. First off, which MCU reinvention are you most looking forward to? Blade, X-Men, or the Fantastic Four? Let me go first. I have to say the Fantastic Four because I have not seen one even decent version of this film. Um the first two were fine, they're campy, and they knew what they were, and they just accepted it, and that's okay. Um, the uh, third one, which they tried to reinvent with like Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, Jamie Bell, they tried to make it serious and like respectable, and they failed miserably, yeah. so that is actually <laughs> just one that I won't forgive. So, <laughs> Blade, they've, there have been some good Blade movies. Blade 1 was good. Blade 2, Guillermo del Toro directed that phenomenal yeah. X-Men, even though, even though John hates the X-Men series. There were a couple of good entries, namely Days of Future Past. I can't wait to see what they do with the Fantastic Four. So on that note, John, what do you, what do you say? Uh, X-Men, 100%. Um, most looking forward to... Fantastic Four second and Blade last. X-Men for me growing up, it was it was the thing. Um it was the pinnacle. Jim of, Lee. Yeah. At that time, yeah. Oh, I have yeah, Jim Lee holds a special place in my heart. Just just um and as an artist, um visually, what he did with DC too. Yeah. With uh Batman with Superman. Batman Superman. Um 
Yeah, the, the guy's a hero to me. Um, and so, Wildcats, yeah. Wildcats, anyone? Wildcats? No? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wildcats. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yes, classic. Yeah. Um, I hope they bring some of that. I'm just looking. I'm just super excited for yeah. what Marvel does. But X-Men for sure. Um, obviously, you guys know how I feel about the films. Uh, it was a studio run and just super cheesy, um, not fleshed out in the character arc. Other than Wolverine, which they tried to do. Logan, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well... Logan was phenomenal. Oh, no, yeah, Logan That's was great. good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, Logan is what you're talking about. Well, the, 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 there are certain parts of what they did um, with X-Men and everything, but just the X-Men as a whole. Like I was mentioning like how Iceman took, like what, four films to get full Iceman, and um, you know, Rogue was just, just a sad, pitiful version of it. Like, mm. like and Gambit, like the, how hard they, they had to try to push to get and yeah, freaking they pigeonholed Gambit. them into that movie. Yeah, it just, it's just, it's just sad. Like they know, and then, and then Storm and everything. It's just everything. Like um, the only saving grace from that part was uh, Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Mm, when he yeah. came oh. in that Days of Future Past, I was like, okay, this guy's ruthless. You see the character, like the the depth of a character. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to have them make Logan and to get a depth of Wolverine, it's just sad because everybody knows, like you can get Wolverine depth. Like it's just. You can get all these characters. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm super excited for Marvel to take a grasp of that and just truly flush it out to get, like, really mm-hmm. dark and depth yeah. and things like that. I enjoy the X-Men series. I think that they've done a well a good job. Um, I think when, what you were saying then, uh, Myron, that was kind of unforgivable, is the Fantastic Four. I think they, they need to, like, improve. <laughs> they need to, like, do something they with that. They gotta fix it. Yeah. They gotta fix it shout out to michael b jordan jeez dude they really even with like the was it the first version with what jessica alba yeah that's pretty bad (laughs) it was so bad and then with you know with kate mara and um who else was in there like kate mara and Uh, miles teller Teller. bell great actors yeah i had high expectations but slight it was a very slight improvement so was it (laughs) <laughs> okay okay when i say slight I'm, I'm saying like maybe 0.5 it was it was an improvement because okay. the first one was so bad Be, well also because of the cast though too i think the cast was in improvement to an extent so i of all things i just hope that the fantastic four they can really get it right yeah. that's my biggest yeah. thing See, I, yeah here's a, a thought here um when uh, fans heard that marvel was getting the fantastic four back they all started going absolutely nuts with like, oh my gosh, this person should play this person, that person should play that person. So the fans really all kind of gathered together and got behind this idea. Fantastic Four, written and directed by John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. John Krasinski plays Mr. Fantastic. Emily Blunt plays Sue Storm. Zac Efron plays the Human Torch. Yes? No? No. No? No. Hell to the na na What? No. Okay, here's okay. the thing though too. My my. So just a small, it's just a slight tangent though. The, the, the main issue i had from the first fantastic four version versus the second version right was the thing and the way they uh exemplified how the thing was portrayed right the first thing with jessica alba um michael chiklis and michael chiklis they 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 used um an actual costume right but the way that they created the costume for the thing was very it looked like he was wearing 90s. foam. <laughs> it was, no, no, it literally was because as you as you see him um, maneuvering in that costume, you could see the bends and the yeah, creases. Yeah. It, it wasn't convincing. And then the second one, the version, even though they went 3D and they went CGI, I, I believe, it's 
it still just wasn't there. For me, the thing is for me the more yeah. the 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 polymer, I get it. the yeah. polymer that really yeah. binds together. I totally get it. It's kind of like the Avengers got the Hulk right, right, so the Avengers succeeded. Exactly. The Fantastic Four has to get the thing right. They have to get the thing right for me. Yeah. And because, like I said, well, okay. From the so first the thing is the thing. The thing is the main <laughs> thing. But when it came to, though, I will say the first ensemble cast with Jessica Alba and, and Michael Chiklis, it, it was a bit rocky in terms of the cast, right? In terms of his skin. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But the second time around, the cast was pretty solid. Just the thing still wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. It wasn't the th- right thing that they did. <laughs> the thing wasn't the thing. It wasn't. So hopefully that that's that's my main thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think whatever whatever Marvel does, I think right. that we can have all our biases about the characters and, uh-huh. and things like that, but I think they just have to get the story right. I okay. think that's I think the Fantastic Four yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you, John. And I think though that also the Fantastic Four is a a bit of a uh, tricky a tricky superhero ensemble to get right. Yeah. Because there's, it's very unique. The greatest thing they have going for it is their villain. Doom sure. is Doomsday. It, Doom. Doom yeah, is Doomsday. Doom. Yes. Doom I haven't is done him on, right yet. Doom is the one of the highest in terms of villains. When people say he's on like top five, top ten, like with Joker and, yeah. and you Magneto are and correct like because that is going to be something we're going to discuss later. Between when it comes to the top one hundred villains of from based upon Wizard Comics and IGN. Okay, let's go. Yes. All right. No, but. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> kind of, kind of, didn't know what was happening for a second there. All right, cool. Okay. So I'm going to ask you another question. Then we're going to get into more like, do a, it. like a versus type questions. Do it. So before we get to that, uh-huh. those versus questions, uh-huh. my question to you guys, is the Schneider Cut overhyped? Yes. Uh, is the Schneider Cut overhyped? Hard to say until you've seen the movie, but it, just from what we know now. Well, let me say why I said yes right out the gate. Sure. Because it, it's still based upon a lot of... The first movie, Justice League, was based upon what Snyder did. What, so, yeah. what Just Whedon did was he came and, and he just... used humor and they cut stuff. Exactly. And, to and, the and best of his ability. It, to the best of his ability yes. and what the studio allowed. But, exactly. But, but Snyder, what the studio allowed. What, I'm, what, else, what I'm looking forward to, and I'm not giving it... Uh, high expectation because of who I who I think is still a biased of my opinion of what Zack Snyder is as a filmmaker. He's his pinnacle is three hundred. Mm. That's yeah. there there's no Do you agree there's no man? for me there's no doubting that because I the fifth. <laughs> okay. as an artist, he's an artist. Visual he's a visual artist. storyteller. He's a visual well that's debatable for me because I want to see he still took it from a Frank Miller comic book. Yeah. He basically shot the exactly. He based it on a not an original idea. And granted, DC Superman, Batman, the Justice League isn't an original idea. He's still taking that and putting it into film of his vision. Yeah. So it's still not an original vision. That's where I kind of don't want to hype anything Zack Snyder mm-hmm. does because I haven't seen an original vision come to light that matches three hundred. Mm. So. So for for DC Sucker as punch? visual, 
Second Punch was awful, but it was visually but, exciting. Yeah, because that was his original. That was, I believe, what from the interviews have said about Zack Snyder, that was his passion project. But it was well, still I enjoyed based it. on existing Well, I, I enjoyed it. Was it, actually? I, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. yeah. I like really it. enjoyed it. That was his passion project. That was like, regard- he didn't care about what critics or, or what audience had to say. That like This was his vision of what he's always wanted to film. Absolutely. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. The but, only, yeah. yeah. Storytelling. That, that's yeah. the thing. The, the depth th- of storytelling from an original idea... I hope Snyder does well. Yeah. The only film that I believe he really stuck true to the comics was Watchmen. Because ha- I have the Watchmen comic. The Watchmen is un- an underrated film. It is very underrated. People said that was unfilmable and he filmed it. And uh, it he was pretty good. He used the comic book. Yeah. Literally, uh, uh, frame by frame, of when you read the Watchmen comic, yeah. it is pretty much verbatim. Like verbatim. <laughs> Verbatim, I'm sorry, guys. Potato, potato. <laughs> potato, potato, verbatim. It's very accurate. Even though for me personally, the Watchmen could have been, uh, it was a little bit slow. As I read the comic, I was like, oh, this is very much accurate. So that for me, Zack Snyder, like, is it overhyped? I would say I haven't had enough news outlets or enough media to really um, kind of witness that it's overhyped. For me, I'm just saying, you know what? This was Zack Snyder's original, like this was he, this was his baby from the get go. So all I'm gonna go in with it is a, a respect and appreciation of um, his vision of it. Yeah. You know, it, that's all. And it's also overhyped because studios was not we're not gonna make this film. Yeah, it was they the people's voice yeah. that made yeah. them say, "Okay, do the film." Mm, the people's voice yeah I, I don't know there were a lot of people that were like released the Schneider Cut the actors got behind it stuff like yeah, that yeah that was a legit no, hashtag that's true yeah 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 yeah. actually I I, I I support so my answer to this question the answer is yes <laughs> it is overhyped <laughs> too okay, but it doesn't mean that it can't be, be good. a good film right, right, right. and it's all completely the- blow away my expectations pre right. yeah right. but regardless though I think you I think we all have a good sense of Zack Snyder's style and his, uh, just his, you know, uh, touch when it comes to films in general. So I guess in terms of when you're saying like it's overhyped, I think that you already have a good grasp though of what to expect. Yeah. So I want yeah, him to right. succeed. I want him to break that barrier. I do too. Okay. I do too. Cool. All right. Now we're going to go to our versus questions here. Oh, jeez. And uh, you guys uh, probably are going to um, have more uh, developed answers than myself. Sure. So I'm going to jump around here. And uh, for this question, I will say Kryptonite is involved. Who wins in a fight, the Avengers or the Justice League? Go first, John. Kryptonite is a factor. Kryptonite is a factor. Okay. Because if not, Superman would just literally rip everyone in half (laughs) by himself. (laughs) Honestly. Um, I think with the help of Batman, I would still say DC. Okay. Because if they knew that the Kryptonite was a factor, uh, Batman is a genius billionaire Entrepreneur. So is Iron Man, though. So is Iron Man, sure. So that's a great standoff, right? But I think that, like, I don't know. That I my my favorite superhero is a DC character. So therefore, yeah. like, I think though that there is a there is a leg up because, man, you got Wonder Woman. I I you got Green Lantern, Flash. It's it's a tough it, it's it's very very close but Ooh. I will give the edge still to DC. Okay, so the Justice League wins. Justice League for me. Very because Superman is out of the picture. It's like literally like it's literally eighty eight percent to ninety percent kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Hold on. They're gonna. They're. Avengers needs to double team Superman. One hundred percent. No, but they have, they got Kryptonite. Wait. So so Iron Man has to be involved, and then Thor. You got Hulk though too. Wait 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 wait. Are we talking about the entire Avengers, like Captain no, Marvel? No, the, the, yeah, Captain Marvel, and she's pretty much like. We're talking about Endgame. Avengers, Endgame Avengers, like Thor. Oh shoot! No, no. So we're talking about no. So it's not like a, a Justice League has only like a like, okay. Like, all right, fine. Let's go back. The, sure. the core Avengers. Yeah, the core Avengers. Okay, Avengers one. Sure. Avengers. Thor, so so it's just to recap, oh, the, people. It's Cap- Thor, Captain America, Black Widow, yeah, Hawkeye, Iron Hulk, Man. Iron Man. I think is that is it? it? Yeah. Uh, Spider Man? No, it was Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the core. Gosh, you got a double team Superman. Superman, there's Kryptonite. He's a human being. Avengers got two humans with no superpowers. That's yeah. that's a little bit of a cheap like. No, no, Avengers like, got three because Iron Man doesn't have any. Yeah, but he's well. Iron Man. I know that's but, a sucker punch though because like I, you is. have to throw in the Kryptonite. You have to throw in the Kryptonite. I think I oh, if, you, if, you, if you take out Kryptonite, it's yeah, done. yeah, it's a, it's done. Superman gets everybody. Um, How big is the Kryptonite? <laughs> Well, 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 here's the thing. I want to say, I want to say, I want to say, Iron Man will beat Batman in one on one. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I will have um, to agree. So, but at the same time, because Superman's involved, Iron Man has to be involved in a double team with Thor, with him. Period. Here's um, the thing about. The I think Justice. Hulk yeah. takes out uh, multiple Wonder Woman. I possible. don't know. Um, it's a god. Aquaman's like, a god. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, no. Ah. The thing is, they're also like they can be they can be killed. If there's one thing we we've learned is gods can be killed. Sure. No, no, but so so wait. Are you basing it off the movies or the comics? Because let's say, let's say for the movies. This time. Oh, movies is is, is um, that's too easy. One hundred percent. Because because I say that because in comics you have Worldbreaker Hulk. Yeah. And okay. that he literally destroys world. <laughs> So, and so you're, you're, you're talking like Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. I break world. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but you're also talking like Superman, like dark side Superman. So, yeah. So then it's like game over. You can put 100 mutants against super dark side Superman and you're, you're done. Do you think that Batman, like Bruce Wayne, is not as smart as Tony Stark, I guess? Do you think that? Uh, I think he's the world's greatest uh, crime fighter and investigator. But just, I mean... Going off of the movies, freaking Tony Stark <laughs> found a new element on the periodic sure. table okay. that no one, no one knew about. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Tony Stark a technology suit that I think comes he's out a of genius. this thing. Touche, touche. Bruce fine. Wayne is yeah. one of the smartest people, but Tony Stark is a genius. Tony Stark will, will destroy Batman. We, we have, ladies and gentlemen, we have smart versus genius. Obviously, genius goes to Tony Stark. So. 100%. Shout out to Apple. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents. Uh-huh. So two questions, one question and a follow-up question, and this is in the film and in, in the MCU. Okay, can Scarlet Witch 2.0 beat Thanos in a one-on-one fight? And the follow-up question, for that matter, could Scarlet Witch 1.0 beat him? And they actually talked about that in WandaVision. Could she have done it? I'm going off of Kevin Feige said. Yeah. If you're talking about the movies, and yeah. he said in Endgame, Scarlet Witch would have tore Thanos' yeah. arms off. So yes, I'm, I'm going off what John said because yeah, that's exact. That's the interview. That's basically what they yeah. said. So too. 2.0 is just oh done. Oh, but he would have just yeah, like made 
to play Jello with Thanos. So he, so here's the thing that I want to talk about here is um, my wife and I, before Marcus was born, we were in uh, my man cave and we were just watching uh, Avengers um, Infinity War, right? And I just cannot get past the scene where Star-Lord can't maintain his emotions. And the glove is like 70% yeah. off his hand. Yes. And he loses his shit. And then uh, I, everything. I, I, I have to stop it. One of the low I points of Marvel Cinematic. It, I, it, it was bad. I was right? bad. They, they put that character into, yes. a, into a hole he can't get out of. Couldn't right? stand it. Anyway, the reason why, why I, I go back to this is this. Um, in the Avengers films, right, after Scarlet Witch became a good person, she stopped using mind control until WandaVision, right? Mm-hmm. So what if in this alternate reality, instead of Mantis, you had uh, Wanda on planet Titan, if she cast like a, a thing, like a spell on Thanos, would have been game over. They could have gotten that thing off, right? You would think. Yeah. You would think. And by right. the way. Could, well, but that could, wouldn't make good for, for film. Yeah. Could, could have, yeah. but Vision wasn't killed. Then. That's true. And the other thing is, and this is what really pisses me off, is uh, they set this up earlier in the film, and uh, they, they shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't have showed it, because now it's in our heads. There's a scene where uh, Doctor Strange opens a, opens a portal mm-hmm. and cuts a guy's arm off, right? <laughs> Why didn't he just do that to Thanos? Oh, that, that was... Uh, because it wouldn't be long. good that was film. Long. Yeah, that it's was not setting up the thing. No. But the... Okay. People have to realize, like, look, look. I mean, hopefully <laughs> they shouldn't have put that scene in, though, because then now we're thinking he could have done that. To hopefully, hopefully you will ask this question uh, next, though. But when it comes to Thanos uh, from the comic book series, people don't realize, at least from those who don't read the comic books, Thanos isn't as powerful as people think he is. In the Hollywood version of who Thanos is, yeah, he he looks powerful, right? But in the comic version, there are various superheroes who defeat Thanos. And that's why I was talking about the whole IGN versus okay. and, and Wizard Comics uh, top 100 villains. Yes. Thanos is not in the top even 10 yes. of, of top villains. Okay. But that's a comic book. In, in the film version, they had to set up the Infinity Gauntlet because, so they made him out to be a bigger villain than he was. Sure, because right now, Thanos is all they are... Exp- that's all they've expressed so far. But when it comes to Dark Side, which I'm hoping that you're going to ask yeah, the next, of course, there's no competition. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's the the, the no tricky the tricky thing with comic books is that you have these not just like hundreds, but like thousands yeah. of, of powers and different characters, and with at any missions. moment, yeah, different missions. At, no, but just you take any just the powers into consideration. Yeah. Any of these guys can take out any of these villains. In a certain way. Sure. On a one-on-one. Even in a one-on-one. But you're talking about like story arcs. They, yeah. yeah. What I give Thanos credit for is his, his smarts. He knows what mm. he's doing. And yeah. he's intellectually uh, even just as smart as um, Tony Stark. And, and I mean, people not, may not want to do that. But at the same time, these villains who have these... Uh, powers and, and played out in the, and flushed out in the comics. Like, they're smart enough like... Superman think, can take out a lot of villains. Yes. You know, like, um, I, mean, I, I you have to believe, like, Tony Stark can take out a lot of villains in terms of the knowledge he's gained at a certain point of time, like, in his, you know, crime-fighting career. Sure. But I think the, the difference is, though, is when you pointed out Thanos and how smart he is in terms of also Tony Stark and his intellect as well, what the 
the main core of it though is their pride. And I think the reason why Tony Stark has the edge is because he's able to recognize his pride in what he's trying to accomplish, the sacrifice he has to make in order to save the ones he loves and whatnot. Because you look at Thanos and he has a mission, sure, but his pride gets in the way of doing whatever it takes to accomplish it, which blinds him from his weaknesses. With Infinity War... uh Tony Stark couldn't stop him because he was just—he never went against, up against him. Sure. And and then you see you see um, Thanos' pride when he's like shooting that Infinity Gauntlet blast towards Thor, mm-hmm. who's like, "Here's my axe," and boom, I gotcha. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. he should have went for that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move on here. Two questions left, and I think this is going to be a quick one. And if so, then we'll go on to the last one. Who wins in a fight? Dark side or Thanos? Dark side. Dark side. <laughs> No, no. Yeah, I think that's pretty much one hundred percent. He's a god. Yeah. Darkseid is a god. Thanos is just an alien life form. Well, and you have to think it like in, in context. You have to put that in context because a lot of you know everybody wants to put it Darkseid Thanos, or, but in the in the in the DC universe, Darkseid is not even in this dimension. Right? It, yeah, no. it's not in Thanos's di- dimension. Yeah. This yeah. is fact. Yeah. This yeah. is from the comic book yeah. series of Jack Kirby who created, I believe, yeah. yeah, Jack Kirby who created like when it came to Darkseid and whatnot. Jack Kirby is a Marvel guy. Is it, wait, wait, Jack Kirby? It's, it's that, not, wait, who's not, the one no. that created Darkseid? Hold on, I'm sorry. But here's the thing though, is yeah. uh, who the hell decided to cut the most powerful villain in like both the DCEU and the MCU out of the Justice League? Who said that was a good idea? Uh the suits, the suits. <laughs> the suits. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Darkseid was created by writer artist Jack Kirby. Mm. It was, mm. yes. Uh, but I knew but, that. I, but I, to I, answer I, your question, Mert, it's story arc. It's it, when I saw Thanos in the first Avengers, uh, the post credit scene. I was so excited because in the story, yeah, Thanos not might not be like Galactus, no, or like these crazy god villains, no. Um, in the story arc, it's he, it's intriguing because of his conflict with a multitude of of uh, superheroes. Yeah, and so that's what creates um, this this dynamic that you know he has with the the superheroes that we that that they build up the characters to face. Yeah. So when you see build up these Justice League, it's it's freaking dark side. Yeah. You know, like Superman. You know, dark side like. That's why, like Doomsday, when um, Superman versus Batman, it was such a cop out. Mm. They threw Dark uh, Doomsday in there. It's such a cop out. Doomsday to Superman is like is Thanos to the entire Marvel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So Doomsday in its in itself deserves a trilogy with Superman. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just I was like, oh my god! So they should have like held off on that, but they yeah. cut, they cut it really short. Yeah, they really. With, with, but they know with, with dark no side intended, and it's 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 leagues. It's there, there there's levels to this. Sh- okay, which I believe is I have such a huge respect for the writers of these supervillain characters when it comes to how do they get defeated, who can defeat them, right, and at what cost. I think that that's the hardest part about a writer and a creator of these of these characters, right? And it's interesting because once they because when we think about Galactus, right? Who was the one uh, superhero yeah. that was the Venom? It's Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer, yeah. yeah. And I thought, why Silver Surfer? Why of all characters? And when they explain it, it's mm-hmm. so well 
written. He was a slave. Huge, so, yes, he was a slave, but still knowing that he had the power to defeat Galactus. Yeah. And I thought, like, wow, out of all the superheroes, it was Silver Surfer who knew the weakness. And I yeah. thought that is so. That's po- what I'm excited it, about poetic. story arc. That's what I'm excited about story arc because Doom with Fantastic Four, that story arc needs to be flushed out. Mm. That's what makes Fantastic Four, just like how Bat- Joker makes Batman more, way more intriguing, like levels intriguing. That's how. The villains are. I just have to throw out this right now. You guys have to watch on HBO Max, The Killing Joke with Joker. Uh, the Killing I saw, Joke. I saw it. Oh, yeah. so good. That's the impetus for the Walking Phoenix film, actually. Oh, so yeah. good. It was so good. All right, final question here. Let's keep the, the answer short. Yep. Who has the better heroes, Marvel <laughs> or DC? Marvel. I am Marvel. A ba- I'm a Batman fan. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so I have to go with DC. Here's the thing, though, about uh, Batman is the reason why Batman is six out of out of all the DC heroes is Batman is a very Marvel superhero in that he's flawed. He has a dark side. He's got issues, and he's working them out as he is being a hero. Touché. That's a very Marvel thing. Touche. That's yes. the that's the reason why he sticks out so much in the DC universe. Yeah, because a lot of the a lot of the Marvel characters, either like most of them at least, or a good amount of them, come from nothing, I guess, or have no supernatural power. It's like you know, it's like I guess I remember when I was in middle school, one of my film production teachers, like I asked him, "What's your who's your favorite superhero?" Is it Daredevil? You know, because Daredevil. It, he's, blind. <laughs> he's blind, but yet he has been gifted with something to be able to utilize it for the greater yeah. good, and that he has to learn how to utilize it in the yeah. same way with Batman. So, touche. Yeah, I would say like for me, like Batman is my favorite superhero, but when it comes to uh, greater superheroes with that kind of storyline, yeah, I guess I guess I have to give to Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, if uh, the question was plural, so Marvel. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. the question was <laughs> singular. It's DC, Batman, yeah. all the way. What's funny is everyone would have said Superman. Here's the thing that I loved. I watched a documentary on Superman, and they were talking about how when they first created him, he like came out during the Great Depression, and they, the people, the readers wanted to like a superhero that had no flaws, that couldn't be defeated. Interesting, right? right? During and after time. a while, the, the writer said it got boring fast. So they invented kryptonite to give him a weakness. Mm. And the thing that they said is that uh, as the uh, filmmakers tried really hard to update him, the hardest thing they could find is that this guy's boring. Because like he's, he's too perfect. He's too perfect. Yeah. Mm. And how do you make him relevant for today? And uh, that was something that they tried to do in, in uh, Man of Steel, right? I, I don't think they, they got it. Uh, they tried to do it in Brian Singer's version. I don't think they got it. Mm. They re- and uh, the the only way it really worked on film was when Christopher Reeves played him in the first two films. But that was in the seventies and eighties, and in that time, it's like everything was great in the world, and it was okay for people to embrace like a truth, justice, and American way type hero. How right? fascinating though that that you bring up the Great Depression, the fact that they had to create yeah. a superhero to help them yeah. through. It's kind of like the way they made Captain America it's in World propaganda. War II. It's yeah. propaganda. Propaganda. Yeah, it sounds so sad. Yeah, it sounds so yeah, sad special. to me. I mean, I want to say that the, the greatest superheroes are just as. Uh, at, how do I say this? Wait, it, the only. It's about the villain. The greater the villain, the greater the superhero. Right, yeah. because the greater yeah, the, out- the Joker. The, yeah, the greater the greater outcome for to overcome such a. Uh, difficult situation that you're dealt with, I guess. Exactly. Superman. The villain, it raises the the bar. The, the bar stakes, for the yeah. hero to, to measure up. 
measure up to. Superman wasn't in- interesting to me until Doomsday. That killed him. Because he was dealing with a bald mastermind. A human exactly. Being, right? But, but he was, Doomsday wasn't smart. He was literally just full-on super, super, super power. It's so, Here's it's, the thing that I wish they did and they never did is they needed to put Brainiac as a villain in uh, Superman movies because uh, Brainiac would have been someone to actually attack the only weakness in Superman other than Kryptonite, which is his mind. Mm. Well, well I, I feel like they DC just missed a complete opportunity because Lex Luthor could have been the greatest like like Joker to Batman, to Superman, because he had the brains that Superman didn't. In terms of how great, powerful Superman was, I think everybody didn't want to admit like he wasn't the brightest. You know what I mean? So, was the Hackman portrayal of Lex Luthor was that a good portrayal? I I, I liked it in terms of the psychological part of it, but I didn't like it because they played him, they treated him like a clown. It didn't help that Ned Beatty played like a, a real clown. Mr. Luthor, Mr. Luthor. You know? Oh, okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. And so, like, I I get that he was a genius and stuff like that, but they just paid him for laughs. Oh, and then sorry. Kevin Spacey went wrong. off the other end. And yeah, like, yeah. They took it too too seriously. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you're. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the Mark Zuckerberg. Uh. Oh. <laughs> you know what's crazy? It's still as crazy as as it is. The best portrayal of Lex Luthor, Michael Rosenbaum in Smallville. Yeah, I will right? not disagree Agreed. with you. Yeah. I will I agree. not disagree with you. It's just interesting that as we're talking, as you guys are talking about this, how it all just correlates with our reality of the world that we were going through in order to get out of the mentality of our struggles and our, yeah. you know, um, depression and and what have you. I mean, because even in the 1920s, as as you're saying, Myron, like like the whole aspect of Superman, and they're trying to create something to give people hope again, you know. It goes back to the whole idea of also like how they were trying to get people back in the movie theaters, how people were trying to get back into entertainment and escape the reality of what they were going through. It's crazy how all this ties into it. And I think, but at the same time, it is so significant, so important to know and understand where it all, like where the inception comes from. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. All right, everybody. That was our little segment called Comic Book Questions. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed debating these many questions that we had. That was our episode. We will be back next week with a review of the Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Until then, we just want to remind you that it's not so much the destination, but the things you watch and experience along the way. Stay safe.